Welcome to the Minor and Landis Immigration Update, the podcast that immigration professionals and foreign nationals turn to for up-to-the-minute information. As 2021 comes to an end, many global travel restrictions have been lifted, and we are entering the peak holiday travel season. So it's important that we revisit the Form I-94 arrival departure record and its importance to foreign nationals who enter the United States as non-immigrants. Now, we've published articles, videos, and podcasts on this topic in the past, but considering how often there are mistakes or omissions in the arrival departure record and how devastating the consequences of these mistakes, we think it's worth it to explain it again in a little more depth, and this time add a few hypothetical examples. Minor and Landis highly values our clients' privacy, so I just want to remind you that these examples that we will talk about later contain no actual client information. Discrepancies in the arrival departure record is a problem that we see here much too often at Minor and Landis, and often we've had to take emergency measures to prevent a client from being banned from entering the United States for years, just from a simple mistake. So we're hoping this podcast will help you avoid putting yourself in such a position. So just briefly, let's review what is the Form I-94 arrival departure record. As a non-immigrant who has been admitted to the United States, in addition to your passport, there is no document more essential to your lawful admission than your Form I-94 arrival departure record. For non-immigrants, legal authorization or permission to remain in the United States is controlled by this Form I-94. Non-immigrants are issued a new Form I-94 upon each entry to the United States, and that's the part that's important. Because one of your priorities upon each entry to the United States should be to print and review your Form I-94 and also provide a copy to your attorney or HR representative upon each entry to the United States. We cannot stress this strongly enough. Given the hectic nature of admissions at U.S. ports of entry and airports, there are numerous opportunities for the Form I-94 to contain errors in the class of admission and the admit until date, which is the expiration of the Form I-94 or the authorized period of admission. So now allow me to explain a little bit about the relationship between your passport, your non-immigrant visa, your Form I-797, and the Form I-94, and how they all work together. Many foreign nationals mistakenly believe that their non-immigrant visas control their period of stay in the United States. This mistake can lead to serious financial and legal consequences, as we'll discuss in a moment. There are unique interactions between your passport, your visa, Form I-797, and Form I-94, which is the most important documents that determine your period of authorized stay. So first, let's talk a little bit about passports. To enter the United States, you must have a valid passport. That's a no-brainer. Most non-immigrants entering the United States are required to possess a passport that is valid for at least six months beyond their period of intended stay in the United States. Did you catch that? Six months beyond the period of intended stay. Now, there is an exception to this rule, known as the six-month club. Citizens of countries included in the six-month club are only required to present a passport that is valid for their intended period of stay. But for everyone else, possessing a passport that is valid for at least six months beyond your period of intended stay in the United States is essential if you are entering the U.S. in an employment-based non-immigrant status. 
So now let's turn to visas. Generally, non-immigrants who wish to enter the United States must first obtain a valid visa. The validity period of a non-immigrant visa is often dictated by the reciprocity agreements between the United States and a foreign country. And this is important. They often do not coincide with the validity period of the I-797. The type of visa that a person obtains determines what they are permitted to do in the United States. For example, individuals who receive B-1 or B-2 visas are permitted to enter the United States for temporary business or tourism activities, but are prohibited from working. A person who wishes to attend a U.S. college or university as a full-time student typically receives an F-1 or a J-1 visa. The non-immigrant visa usually does not impact a person's period of authorized stay. But the non-immigrant visa usually does not impact a person's period of authorized stay. There are some exceptions to this rule as well. For example, certain countries have entered into free trade agreements with the United States that enable their citizens to work in the United States based on applications that are filed through the U.S. Embassy in their home country. Now, these include, for example, H-1B-1 visas for nationals of Chile and Singapore and E-3 visas for nationals of Australia. The employment authorization and lawful period of admission for non-immigrants entering the United States in H-1B-1 and E-3 status are directly limited to the validity period of their H-1B-1 and E-3 visas. As you can see, these kinds of esoteric complications are why you should always consult with an experienced attorney when considering travel of any kind. So anyway, in all other cases, the non-immigrant visa determines when you may enter the United States and what activities you are permitted to engage in while in the United States, but usually does not determine how long you may lawfully remain in the United States. That is the job of the Form I-797. Individuals who seek employment-based non-immigrant visas, such as L-1, H-1B, or O-1 visas, must first have a petition approved by USCIS, which then issues a Form I-797 approval notice. The Form I-797 is used to secure the appropriate employment-based visa, which will permit the foreign national to enter the United States and work. The Form I-797 is typically valid for periods of one to three years, but can have shorter periods of validity, depending on the maximum period of stay permitted by immigration regulations. The validity period of the Form I-797 should determine the validity period of the Form I-94 and the expiration dates of the two documents should be identical. Although mistakes do occur, and they occur often, which is why we made this podcast. To show the relationship between a person's passport, visa, I-797, and I-94, here are some hypotheticals to help explain. Let's assume Jane is a citizen of Australia who is entering the United States on December 30th, 2021 with an employment-based L-1B visa, which is valid to December 26th, 2025. Jane's Form I-797 is valid until December 26th, 2023. Jane's Australian passport is valid until September 15th, 2022. Did you catch all that? So upon admission to the United States, Jane is given a Form I-94, which is valid until September 15th, 2022, which is the expiration date of her passport. 
not the expiration date of her Form I-797 approval notice as it should be. Although Australia is part of the six-month club, this rule still requires Australian citizens to present passports that are valid for their intended period of stay, or in Jane's case, until December 26, 2023. So here's the issue. If Jane does not check her Form I-94 and realize that it expires on September 15, 2022, she will likely overstay and begin accruing unlawful presence beginning September 16, 2022. If she remains in the United States until December 26, 2023, Jane will accrue more than one year of unlawful presence. Moreover, if she continues to work after September 15, 2022, she will be engaging in unlawful employment as well. Another example. Rajesh is a citizen of India who entered the United States on November 30, 2021 with an employment-based H-1B visa, which is valid through September 30, 2024. He has a Form I-797 approval notice, which is valid through September 30, 2024, and his passport is valid until April 1, 2022. When Rajesh was admitted to the United States, he was given a Form I-94 that will expire on April 1, 2022, which again is the expiration date of his passport. This happens a lot. As India is not a member of the six-month club, his passport is required to be valid for at least six months beyond his period of intended stay, or at least until March of 2025. So the issue here is that if Rajesh does not check his Form I-94 and realize that it expires on April 1st, 2022, he will likely overstay and begin accruing unlawful presence beginning April 2nd of 2022. Much like with Jane in our previous example, if he remains in the United States until September 30th, 2024, Rajesh will accrue more than two years of unlawful presence. Moreover, if he continues working on and after April 2nd, 2022, he will be engaging in unlawful employment. It's important to note that while CBP will fix errors that occur during admission to the United States, the above scenarios, where a foreign national is admitted until the expiration date of their passport, is not considered an error. CBP will not revise an existing Form I-94 or issue a new Form I-94 to a foreign national who enters the United States with a passport that expires before their intended period of stay. So what are the consequences if someone remains in the United States after their I-94 expires? Well, here it comes, and this is how bad it can get if, even through an innocent mistake, you remain in the United States beyond the expiration date of your Form I-94. In that case, you are deemed to have failed to maintain your lawful non-immigrant status and may be subject to dire consequences, including the automatic cancellation of your visa, permanent ineligibility to apply for a new U.S. visa except at the U.S. Embassy or Consulate in your country of citizenship or residence, and finally, you get the accrual of unlawful presence. Well, depending on how long you've been out of status, you could be subject to a three-year bar on re-entry up to a 10-year bar on re-entry to the United States from the date that you depart. That's no joke. Prevented from entering the country for 10 full years just for a little mix-up of dates on a form. In addition, if you have failed to maintain your non-immigrant status, 
you're not eligible to change your status to another non-immigrant classification, extend your non-immigrant status, or adjust your status to lawful permanent resident. In very limited circumstances, USCIS will excuse a non-immigrant's failure to maintain status and approve a change of status or extension of status retroactively. However, this discretionary relief is only available in extenuating or extraordinary circumstances. There is a provision which permits retroactive or what we call nunk-pro-tunk approval of an extension of status or change of status petition which is not timely filed if there are extraordinary or extenuating circumstances that caused the failure to maintain status. We talked about this in our podcast, Season 1, Episode 37, called If I Could Turn Back Time, Client Successes, A Nunk-Pro-Tunk Extension of Status. And you can check out that podcast if you'd like to learn more about that particular process. But generally speaking, if you fail to maintain your non-immigrant status, you'll be subject to removal proceedings. And that means being deported from the United States. So what is the solution? Well, in this particular case, it's actually easy. If you're a non-immigrant, just be sure that upon each entry to the United States, you print out and carefully review your Form I-94. And I want to emphasize this part, especially provide a copy to your employer and or your immigration attorney. You have to set aside how much of a rush you may be in to get to your appointment or how tired you are and how much you just want to get to a soft, warm bed. This is something that must be done every time you enter the U.S. It's not difficult, and it will allow you to catch any potential mistakes immediately. If you do discover an error in your classification or period of admission, it's much easier to request that CBP fix the error either while you are at the airport or shortly after, compared to discovering such a mistake many months later when you may have already fallen out of lawful non-immigrant status. If you discover that you have remained in the United States beyond the expiration date of your Form I-94, it is imperative that you immediately seek legal counsel to determine what options may be available to you. You can contact Minor and Landis for a consultation, and we can help determine if there are any viable options to help resolve your immigration issues. We hope that listening to this podcast can help you avoid any problems while traveling this holiday season. We here at Minor and Landis want to wish all of you happy holidays and safe travels. Thanks for listening. Disclaimer, the information contained herein is intended only for educational or informational purposes and is not a substitute for legal advice. Further, listening to this HR tip in no way establishes an attorney-client relationship between you and Minor and Landis LLP. Listeners should consult legal counsel for definitive advice regarding the current law and regulations and how those apply to your unique situation within your organization.